Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. It's time for some fun in the sun. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez and the theme for our show today is the gift of spring break, Easter, and Passover. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information on how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive media message media. It's always a season for giving, so give big. So I've got a wonderful article for you guys by our very own amazing producer, Cynthia Bryan, called Flower Fever. So it took exactly one full day of warm sunshine a week before the vernal equinox for the garden to spring into action. Everywhere I looked, bulbs, wildflowers, perennials, and plants burst into blooms. Muscari, Dutch iris, tulip, Virginia, freesia, hyacinth, lamium, rosemary, honeysuckle, calendula, California poppy, and even my outdoor cymbidium orchids strained for the solar shine. Deciduous trees were budding, leaves unfurling, all of nature is alive with expectation. With the abundance of rain we've enjoyed this winter, our gardens are determined to showcase their brilliance. Wherever you look, beauty awaits. Spring is by far my favorite season of the year. As I witness landscapes awakening from their long hibernation, I am anxious to get my hands in the dirt. Weeds are abundant, yet they are easy to pull. Spading is excellent exercise, burning 179 calories in just 50 minutes of digging. Snails and slugs have begun their migration, making it necessary for us to be vigilant. New growth and tender seedlings are their favorite food. Frogs have begun their annual mating calls, while the chirping birds are busy building nests. As tempted as we may be, it's still too early to sow vegetable and flower seeds outdoors. It is time, however, to get lawns into shape and prepare the soil for April planting. Allergy sufferers need to be on the alert as pollen is abundant in the air. Definitely excited for the spring season. However, in Colorado, it doesn't last very long because we do have a lot of snow still on the ground. And it's probably going to snow until May here. So I'm definitely excited to see all the wonderful things on Pinterest that people will be doing this spring. So I'm excited about that. So she has much work to do to get ready for the next season, make a play date with Mother Nature, and enjoy the fun of the sun soaking up vitamin D. Spring ahead. So Cindy Bryan's gardening guide for April magic. So definitely the first step is to inspect your irrigation system. Mud might be clogging sprinkler heads while your grass uh, or lawn may have 
for the sprinklers. Definitely spend some time to get your system working properly before the heat begins. That's a definite must, especially when you're living in California. The sun is very harsh over there where we used to live. And it was very easy for our grass to very uh, to wilt and die uh, if we didn't water it properly. Uh, mow lawns without the bag, sin bolsa espanol. The lawn cuttings are filled with nitrogen and nutrition that will green up your lawn. And don't waste that free fertilizer. If you find that clumps are left behind, rake or blow them into the lawn. So also, you need to sow your lawn uh, and seed now. So if you want to add a bit of color that will withstand dogs and kids, it's Soma called Blue Star Creeper looks great with its tiny blue flowers. And Clover is always green, boasting pink or white flowers. And for a real conversation piece, create a living rug with a variety of ornamental grasses, including ajuga, woolly thyme, pink uh, chintz thyme, and creeping speedwell, Irish moss, and brass buttons. And um, you also want to grow red and golden beets for their anti-inflammatory qualities, which is great. With only 6 grams of sugar in the average 2-inch diameter bowl, but beets lower blood glucose and increase insulin sensitivity, which is also a plus. And the leaves are delicious, sliced, diced, raw, or steamed, and they're rich in fiber, folate, potassium, and vitamins A and C. And beets are heart-healthy, lowering blood pressure, blood pressure while providing plenty of antioxidants and after boiling save the water to add to your juice or other veggies so that was overall perfect beets are perfect for everything they have so many uses which is great and you definitely want to wash patio furniture with a solution of water and bleach to remove mildew or mold that has grown over the winter that's definitely a plus because you're not outside while it's freezing cold and you haven't done anything with your patio furniture which is definitely what we need to do here in colorado it has rained, snowed, uh, melted the ice on our furniture. There's lots of dust. It's just everywhere. So it's definitely a time to clean those outdoor patio furniture, Coloradians. So also plan your vegetable garden by creating a map of what you want where and design in geometric patterns, semicircles and circles for whimsy patterns and interesting uh, colors. And you'll also want to clean your bird baths, fountains, bird feeders, and birdhouses to attract songbirds to reside in your garden. And definitely continue to pick up fallen camellia blossoms until the blossoming ends next month. And do not leave the dead blossoms on the ground. And you could add a trellis as a focal point in your landscape for climbing blue morning glory, uh, clematis, or red runner beans. You'll definitely want to fertilize your grass, trees, shrubs, and perennials. That's a definite must here in Colorado, and especially in California, too. I've lived in both areas where it was very hard to keep your grass up because of the harsh summer and definitely the harsh winter that is uh, very long-lasting here in Colorado. And you'll want to bring plants inside or inside plants outside for a good soaking and a few hours of morning sunlight and check for some insects and wipe the exterior of the containers as well as any leaves with a damp cloth to remove the dust. And you can assign kids an area to grow their favorite vegetables, which is very fun for kids. They love to have their very own projects that they can do themselves, and they love to learn how to do new things. And research indicates that children who eat, uh, who garden eat healthier, uh, especially with tomatoes, peppers, zucchini, radishes, carrots, and beans are all easy to grow. And this is definitely a must because kids usually would want to eat what they grew. You know, it's kind of... Uh, an accomplishment for them. And we did this in high school um, in my plant biology class where we had our very own garden on the side of the campus. And every day that we were in that class, which was about twice a week, 
um, we would go on the side of the, the campus and we would have each group that were that was planting a certain vegetable or fruit. And after we were done, we were able to harvest them and we would keep some for ourselves and then we would also donate to local food shelters. So if you have your younger kids who want to garden, this is so awesome. It's definitely something that you should encourage because it will encourage these kids to eat what they've grown, which are very hearty vegetables for them and will help them uh, grow. And you also want to pick snails and slugs off the plants at night by using a flashlight. What's cool is that beer and saucers attract snails or you can use bait with organic pellets and those will definitely attract them and you can get rid of those pretty easily. And you'll want to check that you have proper, well-made garden tools. And you'll need a wide handle shovel, a trowel, a knee cushion, a hoe, a pick, and pruning shears in at least two sizes. And the right tools definitely make the job simpler and faster. And you'll want to order whole seed catalog from Baker Creek if you seek rare heirloom seeds. When you want to grow your own food, uh, you'll know that you're providing your family with non-GMO, pesticide, and chemical-free nutrition. And if you want to have more information on how you can do that, you can go to www.rareseeds.com and it's definitely a good choice for you to grow your own vegetables and fruits for your family so that you know what you're eating and what you're putting on your plate and you can also pre-order Cynthia's book her gardening book Growing with the Goddess Gardener Uh, it's book one in the Garden Shorts series and all pre-orders will receive extra goodies such as heirloom seeds bookmarks and more and if you want, you can email her for details at Cynthia at Cynthia. Uh, that is Cynthia at GoddessGardener.com. And 25% of the proceeds benefit the 501c3 Be the Star You Are charity. And the book is expected to be available in April, which is perfect because it is just in time for spring planting. And also what is really cool is a garden in a box. And if you don't think you're much of a gardener, You can always order a pre-planned garden from High Country Gardens, and you have to type in your zip code, and you'll easily see what will work for you. You'll get instructions, a design map, and special plants. So you can visit www.highcountrygardens.com for more information on how to do that, and that actually sounds very cool. So definitely check that out, listeners, if you're looking to do some gardening in in your area, but you're not much of a gardener, don't have a very big green thumb. Also, Flowers, Photos, and Food, which is an artist and photographer, Anna Morrison Rabe's Spring Flowers exhibit begins Thursday, March 23rd at Homemade Kitchen, which is at 337 Reem Boulevard in Moraga, and it's definitely worth checking out to get inspired. One very cool thing that I have in store for you guys is win $50,000 for your garden. And she has been selected as a judge, our very own Cynthia Bryan, in America's Best Gardener contest. And America's Best Gardener is the premier event for recognizing and celebrating the talents of indoor and outdoor gardeners, which is so cool. Show the world that your thumb is the greenest by showing the world pictures of your garden today. And you can win $50,000. So I definitely encourage you guys to enter, especially if you are very into gardening. Uh, You can go to www.americasbestgardener.com. And that's definitely something that you guys would be interested in if you live to garden. And I would definitely encourage you guys to enter in that because why not? You know, it sounds super fun. And one... A piece of advice that Cynthia has for you is weed, weed, weed. Then weed again. You can never do that enough. And email her if you need a consultation. And if you want uh, to get some more information on that, 
catch flower fever. It's contagious and oh so healthy. Happy gardening and happy growing. You guys can also uh, contact her at Cynthia at the goddessgardener.com uh, if you guys want to email her again. And tune in to Cynthia's radio show at starstylradio.net. And you guys can also check out her website, goddessgardener.com. And that is it for our very first segment. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Support our show and these amazing segments by donating to Be The Star You Are, charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestaryouare.org and follow our blog. And get ready for our fun event coming up on May 13th, the Moraga Fair. More information is at our website, bethestaryouare.org. So don't go anywhere as we continue our talk. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we have Kelsey Crow with us today, and she is the founder of Help Each Other Out, and she earned her doctorate in social welfare at the University of California, Berkeley, and teaches social work at California State University. And Kelsey's first book, There Is No Good Card for This, What to Say and Do When Life Gets Scary, Awful, and Unfair to People You Love, which was co-authored with Emily McDowell and debuted in January 2017. Currently, Crow resides in San Francisco, California with her husband and daughter, and she hopes for a day when no one has to suffer a personal trial alone because the people around them just didn't know what to do or say. So, hello. How are you? Hi. Hi. So, I read about this book that you have done, and I read all of the advice and information that you had in there. And it's very uh, relatable, and you can definitely see, you know, how difficult it is to be compassionate towards someone who is in an uncomfortable situation, especially when it's a little bit hard for you to relate to what they're going through. So I guess one of the most popular situations is uh, what can you do or say to your classmate who has just lost a loved one? Because that's a pretty intense situation. It is an intense situation, and it happens a lot. It does. Uh, And uh, I remember, you know, I mean, the reason that I even wrote this book is because I was so bad at knowing what to say, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I've been there. And that started, like, really 
since junior high, you know, when my first friend lost somebody really close to them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything, you know, it's like, oh, this is so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard because if you don't say something, your friends just kind of like, hello, are you going to, you know, yeah. at least give me a hug or something or... We're feeling totally abandoned right when they need people the most. Exactly. But we're so afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing that we imagine, well, better to play it safe and not yeah. say anything. So, you know, for that person that's struggling, like, with what to say to a classmate who's lost somebody close to them, like a parent mm-hmm. or a sibling or a grandparent even, mm-hmm. um, it's really important just to acknowledge that you know they went through something. A lot of times we think we have to say something really profound and really meaningful Mm -hmm. and it's got to be perfect. And actually, there is no thing that any of us can say that will heal someone from their pain. Exactly. We just have to trust. There's nothing I can say. I am not Oprah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am not that person. I am just me. And so when you trust that there's not really anything that you can say to make someone feel better... Trust then just wanting to be there and off and try is what matters. And so I have this saying in the book that um, I learned from Dr. Garfield of the Shanti Project, mm-hmm. which is your kindness is your credential. So when we're worried about saying or doing the wrong thing, to remember most importantly that what people want from us is not our perfection, but just that we are kind enough to try. Mm-hmm. And so with that, feeling really comfortable not saying much and just asking. Just asking, how are you? Or saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. Or even if it's been a long time since you've said something, say, I just didn't know what to say, but I am really sorry. Just acknowledging. And then if you want to even talk more about it, be ready to ask questions that help somebody talk about their experience in a really specific way. So you don't, for example, want to ask, how are you in a group of people where, you know, they may not really want to say how they're doing. Yeah, their immediate response will be, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm. Even with a cold look and you're like, wow, I guess I should never ask that again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very delicate situation that you have to deal with. So like what you want to do is really pull that person aside sometime and ask them when you have time to actually hear the answer. Right. Not like when you're on your way to class and you're about to duck into another classroom or um, say, how are you doing today? And when you add the word today onto your question, it helps ground that person into something that they can really answer. Otherwise, it's so overwhelming. Wow. How am I doing? I just got back from my mom's funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, What can I say? But if you say, how are you doing today? That person could say, you know, I'm really scared about being back here again or something like that, really specific. Yeah, that will definitely help. And it it doesn't even have to be something big. You know, you don't have to act like a psychiatrist or anything like that. Uh, The whole point of this, the reason why I did it, you know, with humor and relatable writing and with Emily McDowell, who's just so brilliant at being at all of that. Um, is so that people realize I don't have to be an expert. I don't have to be a therapist. I can just be me. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, it, that's a very hard thing to do. I've, I've had that happen before uh, with a family member. 
And, you know, it wasn't necessarily my friend's fault, but they just didn't say anything. And, and for a second, I was like, well, why aren't you, you know, helping me feel any bit better? You know, you're my best friend. Shouldn't you be doing that? And uh, then, you know, later they did come along and they asked me how I was and they asked how my family was doing. And it wasn't necessarily in a big group of people because obviously I would have said, oh, you know, everything's fine. Everything's good. But it is definitely nice when you have that one person or anybody else uh, come up to you and really express that uh, emotional intimacy with you and show that they actually do care. And from your experience, did that person necessarily have to be like a close good friend or could it come from anybody who cares about you yeah yeah I had some co-workers that I wasn't necessarily uh super close with but Mm -hmm. you know they they had heard about what happened and you know they expressed their condolences and and they expressed their sympathy which was really great you know especially uh coming from someone that you weren't necessarily close to it showed that that person even though you weren't uh very good friends they still actually cared about your situation yeah and that's like something that I have found over and over, you know, when I started doing the research for this work again, like, cause I was so bad. I was like, I need to <laughs> learn how to do this. <laughs> that, um, I had this whole matrix of like, okay, the best friend versus the somewhat good friend versus the work acquaintance versus, <laughs> yeah. And I realized after, you know, going through all the, everyone's responses and talking with people about it, that you didn't have to be a close friend to say something. And often, some of those meaningful gestures came from somebody you never would have expected. So I think that kind of trips us up too, where we think, oh, I'm not close enough to this person to acknowledge what happened. Yeah. Actually, Actually if that's what counts. Yeah. I think, you know, the best sympathy you could receive, you know, getting sympathy from someone that you're super close to is, is great because in a sense, you kind of expect that. But if you get it from somebody that you aren't necessarily close with, it's kind of like an, oh my gosh, you know, thank you so much for, you know, all of that. You know, I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's like a bonus. It is. And we all need bonuses in these times. We do. It's actually very hard um, times right now. And I think we have lost some connectivity with each other, which is perfect that you have this book out right now because it'll allow us to connect more with each other. And another situation that I was thinking of is how do you comfort a friend who is battling a disease? Because that's something that is very hard to relate to if you're not experiencing the same thing. So you can't necessarily uh, say, you, you know, I know how you feel or, you know, you can't necessarily try and make it a relatable situation for you. So you have to try and think of something else to say. It's totally true. The best thing, and usually we haven't been through that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? I hope not. <laughs> and you know, and God help us if we have to wait until I've had cancer to reach out to somebody with cancer or I've lost a parent to reach out. You know what I mean? Like we just yeah. wait until we've had that exact experience. Yeah. So so we actually have to get used to trusting ourselves that even when I haven't gone through that, my kindness is my credential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with that the best thing that you can say to somebody whose experience you really don't understand is to say, I don't know what you're going through, but I really care. Yeah. You can also ask the question, and it's a very, very powerful question. What's that like for you? And we feel on some level, well, I should sort of know this is my best friend. But in fact, we often don't. 
So, um, and that's fine. And actually a person just wants to share what they're going through and not have to run away. So um, being that ignorant person who doesn't know what it's like, who doesn't know what to say, can actually be a gift because then that other person feels completely comfortable just being themselves and not being judged by you. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times when we're going through something really hard, we want to vent. We want to get that load off of our shoulders by expressing how we feel and what we're going through so, um, to someone that we can trust. Yes, so true. So what are some easy gestures that you can do for someone who is going through a rough time? You know, what's something that isn't too complicated that still shows that you have that sympathy towards them? You know, thankfully, almost 95% of gestures are simple gestures. (laughs) Which are great. And I have in the book um, something called an empathy menu, and it lists over 20 things that you could do to support someone in a difficult time. And the really important thing about that menu is not that it's a list of all the things you, one person, can do, but rather, here's a list, and you pick two or the three things that you actually like to do. Mm -hmm. What do you like to do? So, like, if you're creative and you love to draw, then make a beautiful card for somebody. Yeah. you like music a lot, make a great playlist. If you are a major texter, you can't, you know, put your phone down for a second. Be <laughs> free to check in with your friend every day with a text. And um, I think especially right now, that is a good one because it's, it's instant communication and it shows that you're thinking of them at that moment. Right. If you have a car and your friend doesn't or other, your other friends don't and you want to drive them somewhere or get them some groceries or something, that's awesome. If you like to cook cook them a nice meal. So think about things that you like to do and then just do it because no one's going to ask you, Hey, you know what I really love for my post breakup depression is, (laughs) is, um, some balloons when I arrive home today. Yeah. You know, that, you know, if somebody were to say that, you'd be like, okay, who's creative. And you're like, you know what, let me just bring over some balloons when I come over. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's really just thinking about what you want to give more than what um, somebody else needs. That's usually going to be received a lot better, and it's more likely you'll offer it. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, do like gestures more than words. You know, if you were to say something to me, you know, I would appreciate the sympathy, but if you were to to do something for me that shows your sympathy, I feel that is a much more valuable. Totally. And that's really useful for people that don't like to have the awkward conversations. Yeah. I've noticed that. (laughs) I've noticed, you know, people who, you know, they've, they've done something for me and they're like, okay, well, you know, I kind of did this for you and I hope you like it. And they weren't necessarily comfortable with having that long in-depth conversation about, you know, how I was feeling or what I was going through. They decided, you know, it'd be a lot easier for them to, to do something that showed their sympathy and how they felt. And that worked for you, right? Oh, yeah, totally. It definitely did. You know, it showed that they cared and it was something that worked for them. And, you know, they actually put in the time and effort effort to do something like that. So it definitely worked. Yeah. I think that's what can stop us from reaching out is when we think, oh, I've got to know what to say and I've got to be perfect with Mm -hmm. these conversations. And meanwhile, there's a zillion other things on that empathy menu 
that you could be doing with a lot less stress, a lot more joy, and actually get it done instead of just thinking about how you should do something. Exactly. Well, this conversation was wonderful. We will definitely be back in the next segment to talk more about Kelsey's book and her foundation, Help Each Other Out. So definitely make sure to visit Kelsey's website at helpeachotherout.com. And also please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. And also visit our charity site at bethestarywar.org. And watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Stay right here as we continue our amazing, amazing conversation about spring break, Easter, and Passover. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we are discussing the gift of Easter, Spring Break, and Passover. And we are back with the wonderful Kelsey Crow. And Kelsey's book, There Is No Good Card for This, is written in a how-to, relatable, we've all been that day in the headlights kind of way. There Is No Good Card for This isn't a spiritual treatise or our... um, a scientific argument on why compassion matters, and it's actually a helpful illustrated guide to effective compassion that takes you step-by-step-by-step by step by step past the paralysis of thinking about someone in a difficult time to actually doing something or nothing with good judgment instead of fear. And Crow's organization, Help Each Other Out, is a growing collective of people embracing the idea that being there for others is often easier than we think, and it can be learned, and it also matters. And taking the principles found in There Is No Good Card for This, along with her many years of experience in the field and organization, a presentation with Crow is not one to miss. From universities to healthcare organizations, every audience member will walk away feeling inspired. So hello and welcome back, Kelsey. Hi, thank you for such a fabulous intro. (laughs) You're very welcome. So since this is our spring show and we are talking about celebrations such as Passover or Easter, Do you have any suggestions on how to talk to somebody who is spending their very first holiday without a loved one? Yeah, I mean, that's that's just really difficult. And people who do 
have a loss, and it could even be a loss, not just like a physical loss where someone has died, but divorce, where you're celebrating your first, you know, Easter or Passover by yourself, you know, without one of your parents, um, where you can ask, what's that like for you? I mean, that's such a powerful question when you really don't know what somebody's feeling, but you can imagine that their first holiday without the person they love can feel really different. Mm -hmm. And just being present about that and asking, what's that like for you? And doing it in a discreet location so that they can be honest. Yeah. Um, And then if it is about acknowledging somebody who you've lost, to openly do that at the table. You know, don't pretend that nobody is noticing this absence. Instead, try to fold them into it and say, you know, for example, if it was your mom who died and her name was Mary, you know, I think Mary would have really liked this egg. Just bringing up the name of the person that died and involving them in this holiday. Yeah, that's definitely very relatable because there can be that sort of a gap in the group that you guys have together um and it's very it's actually a better thing you know depending on who you are you might not like to do this but as as a gathering it's it's better to really acknowledge you know the elephant in the room or you know the feeling that you guys are all feeling but nobody wants to acknowledge it so once you do acknowledge that and you make it known uh what you're feeling because you know, you're giving off that vibe, so everybody else is kind of going to feel the exact same thing you are as well. So it kind of brings that weight off of everybody's shoulders, you know, that uncomfortableness that you might feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't mention that person's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and in fact, it's, it's both, it's acknowledging the elephant in the room, and mm-hmm. then it's giving them a seat right there with you. Because what everyone is afraid of is that they will be the only one holding on to the memory of this person. Mm-hmm. And that's not the best feeling in the world. It's not at all. And it's actually not the real feeling. It's just no, that people not. feel badly. They think they're going to be reminding you of this loss. But very likely at this like time of spring and, you know, um, where people talk about hope and seasons changing and, Earth and- you know, and the, and the first holiday maybe without your loved one. Or, you know, the Easter egg roll hunts and you notice, you know, who's not there, that you, you're you not making somebody think about something that they weren't thinking about when you mention that person. In fact, you're giving them permission to, to think about that person. Definitely, definitely. And uh, with this, you know, it's, it may not be a family member or a good friend, it might be a coworker or someone who isn't as close to you, what would you say to an acquaintance that's going through something rough? Mm, during this time, especially. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, if it's, I think if it's an acquaintance and not somebody you care to engage too much in this topic with and they may not want to with you, you could say, I know holidays can be tough. Um, I, I hope I hope that it's it goes okay for you. Mm-hmm. But acknowledging that holidays can be tough without necessarily learning from them how they're doing with their holiday, you know? Yeah. 
that's that's important. And you know, besides bringing over a casserole to your neighbor who is grieving, you know, what else can you do for them to make them feel extra special? Yeah, I mean, there again, like going back to that sense of the season. You could, for example, leave a flower at somebody's door or offer to plant one and say, I'm planting this for in the memory of so-and-so. Yeah, that would be a very good idea, especially since it's spring. A lot of people are doing some gardening and maybe helping somebody with a garden that they wanted to start, but they can't because they're going through something. Yeah, yeah. And even like in Passover, you know, just acknowledging using that ceremony and that time of looking at the year ahead and, you know, just mm-hmm. forward, you know, how, how, how do we understand our lives without this person and really incorporating it? <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, with this season, you know, especially since you mentioned that it is a time for hope and to look at the things ahead, how do you make sure you know, when you're helping somebody get through something like this, that you're not spreading yourself too thin and that you're also thinking about yourself as well. Sure. Well, you know, um, and I mentioned this in our um, other segment too, about this empathy menu where Mm -hmm. you pick maybe two or three things that you like to do to support somebody in their difficult time. And the menu lists like over 20 things that you could do, but it's not like all the 20 things you should do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It should or different ways. (laughs) You just pick the two or three things that you like to do. And that is so important because in order for empathy and compassion to be manageable, to be doable, it has to fit into your life. Mm -hmm. It's not about overextending yourself. And when we offer to do things that we don't do without a lot of stress, like I don't cook. I cook with a lot of stress. Like cooking (laughs) is stressful for me. So if I'm saying, oh, let me cook this for you. Because, you know, you're grieving. I'm not doing that without a lot of stress. But I do actually really, really, really enjoy buying flowers. As cliche as it is, it's so nice for me to put together a bouquet. It is. And it's like me time. And I wouldn't do that for myself because they're expensive, the kind of bouquets that I want to put together. Mm -hmm. So then I feel like, you know what, I can do that for somebody else and get some me time and just leave it at their door if I don't have time to talk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But to feel good or just send an email even. Um, You know, there are just a lot of small things that actually don't take much time. We fear, oh, this isn't going to have a lot of impact. It's too Mm -hmm. small a gesture. But actually, a small gesture is a whole lot better than no gesture. And if that's right, and and actually, that's it's an accumulation of all these small gestures that make a difference. It's very rare that somebody has some grand gesture that makes and breaks the whole situation. Well, I think that the small gestures are a lot better because they're continuous. You know, it's not just one big thing and then it's done. It's kind of you know a repeat of these small gestures that kind of make up through that time. You're totally right. And then even just in the theme of spring, if in fact, which I'm not this person, but for anybody listening who likes to garden, offering up to your neighbor, to your, even to your colleague or to a friend who is grieving to just take care of the bushes for a few weeks because you yeah. do it is a real gift. Yeah, that would be a very good idea. We actually have a neighbor in our uh, on our street 
where, you know, she's a little bit older, she can't necessarily do a lot of stressful things that would put a lot of stress on her body. So for about two summers, we had our family, mostly my brothers, mow the lawn for her whenever she needed it. So they would go over and they would mow her lawn for her. And she was just so thankful and and she really appreciated that act of kindness that they did for her. And it was just something so simple and small, but yet she felt very important and cared for when we did that for her. Oh, that's great. That's a perfect example. Yeah. And yet, if you don't like to garden, then don't offer it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be like blowing out of control, you know. It could I'd, be I'd get dirt everywhere. But if you don't like to do it, don't offer it. Because then that's when we start feeling drained by caring for others. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've experienced that before, so I can definitely tell people, you know, uh, for our listeners, it's very important to really think of your health, whether it be physical or mental when helping somebody get through a difficult time. But honestly, um, and it's not a discouragement for people who want to help others, but you've really got to pay attention on how much of a toll it is taking on you. If it seems to be that it is constant uh, and they, it seems like the dependent, uh, the one that they are depending on is you the majority of the time, then it may be time to really encourage some extra help, uh, possibly help from a professional who knows what they're talking about. Uh, because I've had that experience before where it was just very mentally unhealthy for me to, to go on helping this person because there really wasn't anything that I could do for their situation except be there and be that friend who is there for them when they needed it. Uh, so yeah, definitely, I talk about this in the book, a thing um, Mark Manson, he calls them emotional vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can relate in to our that. lives who kind of just would take, take, take everything we've got. You know, they could like drain us of our empathy fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there are times in our lives where we are just exceptionally busy. You know, we're starting a new career, we've got finals, whatever it is. Exactly. Um, and to be very mindful that to not give to the point where you start resenting it and really just be mindful does this feel good? For me to me yeah. to give not because they got be this person mm-hmm. you know do you feel good about helping this person or does it feel like a chore yeah exactly nicely put so and if it feels like a chore it's okay to pull back mm-hmm. you know just telling yourself and that's why i love that empathy menu because it tells you all of the things that make a difference that are not that hard to do so that you could still feel like okay i'm doing something but i'm not killing myself exactly Definitely. And I think that's definitely one one thing to really pay attention to is, is there such thing as too much help? And mm-hmm. when is it time to stop, you know? And, you know, you should never stop helping people in general. But if it feels like this person isn't just getting what they need from you, I think the best thing to do would be to tell them that they should try and find somebody who is able to offer them more than you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky thing. If it's all, if it's because of where you're at in your life, <laughs> yeah, and it definitely depends on where you are. You know, all these things, then they may not take that comment too too nicely. Um, yeah. and, but I think it's it's just just giving what you can give. Um, and if somebody really does have a lot of emotional difficulties and stuff like that, um, then it really is about leaving it to a professional, so to speak. But that's a very delicate conversation uh, to have. 
Definitely. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today, Kelsey. It was very wonderful to hear about, you know, your book and, you know, what we can do as a person to really help out the people around us in a simple yet very touching way. And this was an amazing and enlightening discussion about what we can do to help out the ones we love. If you guys really want to find out more about what she's doing, especially her book, which I really encourage you to read and to check out the foundation that that she has, you can go to www.helpeachotherout.com to check out all the awesome stuff that she's up to. And be sure to stay tuned for our next segment during the break. Be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org which stands for Be The Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. And for more information, you can go to events at our website at www.btsya.org and visit Express Yourself Tune Radio for more information about our show. And when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about spring, Easter, and Passover. And I'm Asia Gonzalez, as so many of you know. I love holidays and my family, and I have many traditions that we like to do. So for Easter, we definitely do celebrate Easter in our family. We have two different times that we do celebrate it. First, we celebrate it with my immediate family, uh, my two brothers, my mom and my dad. And our favorite thing to do is get a bunch of eggs, hard-boil them, and dye them. And we love to do this thing where we will get a white crayon and kind of make funny drawings or secret messages to each other. Uh, And we give it to that person, and they put it in the dye, and when they take it out, they have that little message or drawing. And the majority of the time, from my brother Jacob, they're absolutely hilarious. And we just have the best time at that. And on Easter morning, we have a big home-cooked breakfast. My mom likes to do a lot of crock-pot cooking, and she makes really good uh, egg casserole, is what she likes to call it. And it has a bunch of yummy stuff in it, and it's really good and very hearty, and it, it's just a very filling breakfast that you have for the rest of the morning uh, while we go to church. And we go to a church service on Easter Sunday. 
And then we also make each other baskets with gifts that are personalized. So every gift that you get is pretty much something that the other person knows that you enjoy and love. You know, it's not just, you know, a bag of chocolate uh, because my parents and my brothers all know that I do not like chocolate. I'm just that weird. And uh, a lot of people are surprised by that. But uh they know that I don't like chocolate, so they'll get me sour candy, or they'll get me red vines or Twizzlers, and they'll get me something that they know that I like, which is really nice because it's nice to get something um, that you know people uh, will get for you because you enjoy something like that. And on the other note, my family out in California, which we do not get to see very often anymore since we are in Colorado, what we would do is we would meet my dad's side of the family at this huge park in where we used to live in California. And we would set up our base camp pretty much. And all the adults would take the hundreds of eggs that we have and would put them all over the grass. And all the kids would get their Easter baskets and we would line up in this huge line full of cousins. And on the count of three, would all run, and we would get all these eggs, and some of them would have money, some of them would have candy, and uh, it was just a really fun ordeal, and we would have a big barbecue, everybody would be together, eating food, talking, laughing, and having a good time, and that was one of my biggest memories as a kid for Easter, and one thing that got me thinking was does society really still think Easter is important today? And although it has been, uh, uh, it has become very commercialized, which pretty much every holiday has become, um, it's interesting to see you know, the way the holiday has changed and, you know, the way we celebrate it as a community. Uh, lots of candy. We Every time we go to the grocery store, we see... Like literally a huge aisle filled with different Easter candy. And many of the times my brothers and I just look at each other like, how many different kinds of Easter candies can you guys think of? And there's just so much that has been commercialized about Easter. And it's very hard to, to figure out if they still consider it religious. And that's very hard, especially in today's society. You know, religion has kind of been put on the back burner with everything that's been going on. And I won't really go into depth about that, but it will kind of just leave you thinking, you know, how important is Easter to our society? And I was also trying to figure out, you know, why did we make the Easter bunny an egg hunting part of Easter? And that got me thinking, you know, it's like, why did Santa Claus become part of Christmas? And, you know, why do we trick or treat for Halloween? And according to some of the sources that I found, the Easter Bunny came in the 1700s. Uh, and it was called um, from the German immigrants, which uh, gave us the tradition of an egg laying hair called Osterhase or Osterhaz, and their children had made nests in which this creature could lay its colored eggs. So with these nests that the kids would make, the bunny would come and lay the eggs in there, and the kids would come discover it. And it's really interesting to see how a tradition started out and what it is now. And um, really the custom of giving eggs or uh, hunting for them or giving our children eggs to look for uh, symbolizes and celebrates new lives. 
a new life. And Christians remember that Jesus, after dying on the cross, rose from the dead, and this miracle showed that life could win over death. And for Christmas, the egg is a symbol of Jesus' rec- resurrection, as when they are cracked open, they stand for an empty tomb. So especially with the with the candy that you get inside it, it's very interesting to see how it's changed over the generations. Uh, and going on a different note, we're kind of switching gears here. We're going to talk about some pretty cool ideas for high school and college students uh, for spring break. And my spring break passed. I did some fun things with my friends, so I'm now going to share with you some ideas you guys can do with your friends. So spring break is actually a good time for anyone who isn't able to travel to start a project for a hobby you've been wanting to start and to start some projects for your future dorm room. It's definitely always a good idea to make some personal touches when you're away from home. So if you guys want to start doing that, the best thing that you can do is go on Pinterest. Pinterest literally has thousands of ideas that you can look at if you want to do something for your dorm room. You can probably go into my personal bedroom and see all of these crafts and you can you could be like, oh, yep, that came from Pinterest. And uh, a lot of it is very fun. It's super cool. There's so many easy crafts that look super cute on your dorm wall. Uh, so that would be definitely something to check out. Also, a good idea for um, spring break, if you weren't going anywhere and you really don't have anything to do, or if you're an adult like me, you kind of worked most of the time, (laughs) and uh, it would definitely be a good time to look for scholarships for the campus that you're going to. You can search in scholarship websites at Google, and it'll give you so many options at so many different websites that you can apply for and look for scholarships to help you pay for your tuition. Another great thing to do is to relax. You know, high school is super stressful. Trust me, I've been there. I've done that. Let your body chill for a while, you know, make up for those lost four years of sleep. Another fun thing to do is road trip, which is my absolute favorite thing to do for a vacation. And you can find some friends, plan a road trip, buy lots of food, and blast the radio while you're driving for a couple hours. And another one uh, that you could do is find some festivals in your area. You know, Coachella is the biggest festival event there is. And I know a lot of people went there for their spring break. Uh, these past years and you know they're going to for their spring break as well and actually one of the festivals uh, that I really want to go to is Coachella so hopefully I'll be able to go at least next year because I don't think I have the money for it this year Uh, it's a pretty big investment but it's definitely worth it so I've heard Uh, another thing you guys can do is crack down on the homework that your evil math teacher gave you Uh, if you guys want to get that done right when you go on spring break that would be the best idea just so you can get it out of the way and do what you want for the rest of the time um you can have a movie marathon with your friends either twilight harry potter or fast and furious this time i'm definitely forcing my uncultured friend to watch all of fast and furious movies with me because she has not seen any of them which broke my heart uh you can also throw a theme party or volunteer somewhere there are always many groups looking for a helping hand during a week with no school and it would definitely look great on your college resume and it would make you feel great knowing you help someone in need You can also have some quality friend time. You can check out some local concerts. Or if you're new to an area, you could use this time to explore. I remember my first spring break, I really wanted to explore uh, the Denver area because it was definitely a new place I had never been to before. So there are some cool ideas for you guys. You can also go on Pinterest, look look it up on Google just for some fun things to do on your spring break. But I hope you guys take these ones. Uh... To, to mind, you guys can really think of some fun things to do. But it's time to say farewell, sadly. Uh, thank you for listening, and we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and the Voice America Kids Crew. 
especially our engineer Matt, and thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more information on our creative community, you can go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarywire.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, have a great spring break, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself